Welcome to the IQ Meets EQ podcast. I'm Jackie Broman, Principal Solicitor at TBA Law and CEO of Legally Wise Women. And I'm here with Ush Danik, former corporate lawyer, then head of HR, and now an emotional intelligence coach. Good morning, Ush. Morning, Jackie. How are you? Good. How are you going? Yeah, good. I am post-retreat now. Mm. Definitely feeling the effects. The retreat was amazing. We just did lots of rounding lots of meditation, about six to eight a day. Wow. It's pretty epic. And they basically say that it just releases stored stress because your body goes into deep rest. But it's stress released from years and years of trauma. So it's interesting because part of me feels really refreshed from the retreat and the other part of me knows that all the stress is being released. So you feel fatigue as well. Ah. So it's like really mixed feeling of, oh, I feel really fresh. Oh, but I also feel like I'm a little bit fatigued. So Mentally fresh, but the body's still releasing, huh? Yeah, yeah. But mental clarity is next level, yeah. Mm. And then just to keep up with the retreat, we've got a 108-day rounding challenge. So, oh God, 108 days. 108 wow. days, and today is day eight. So today was extra challenging because I woke up at 3.45 to do it, to get showered before the podcast. So, Yeah. <laughs> But it's good. It's really good. It's definitely a mental test to do it for 108 days straight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, wow. So what time did you go to bed? 11.30. Oh, <laughs> I know. Do you know what? I need to like get to bed earlier now with this rounding. So normally around 4.30 to 5.30. That's sort of my time now. Mm. But to do that, I need to be in bed by 9.30, 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I'm so not used to sleeping that early. I have to force myself. Well, at least it's dark. It's, you're not trying to do it in daylight savings. Mm. So I've got Gia this week, so it's near impossible to do that this week. So um, I'll give it a go next week Yeah. and see how I go. So, but yeah, the, the rounding, you can just see. And then the interesting bit is with the rounding challenge, what you do is you set a goal. You like this. You set a goal. So you basically ask in the universe for, a goal to achieve by the 108 days but then you give up something so you balance yes. the universe out and okay. mine's coffee <gasps> well so done all things is coffee because that way there's no stevia or sweetener yes but also there wasn't anything else that was going to cause me pain for 108 days I was like alcohol's cheating right because yeah. I don't mm-hmm. drink that much yeah. chocolate I eat when it's the time of the month so that's not really mm-hmm. a matter one either and I thought well, what is the one thing I have every day and it's coffee so well done that's incredible coffee and then I'm also going to just save the money I would do from coffee and just donate it at the end of the 108 days mm, cool wow so yeah that's what's happening in my world right now no coffee rounding for eight days yep and going to bed early and trying to go to bed early yeah <laughs> <laughs> what about you what's happening with you I don't even know my weeks just sort of blend in together. I haven't done anything special so much. I spent a day sort of resetting and planning from a marketing perspective. So that was really great. Did that with a another wills and estates lawyer who we do a lot of collaborative work together. So we're trying to market that stuff together so that we can have more of it. Yep. So yeah, that was really good just to refocus and get out of the day-to-day and use your brain for something else. Since we spoke as well, I have been meditating more. I haven't been meditating twice a day, but I've been getting up earlier and doing like half an hour to 45 minutes of meditation in the morning instead of just the 20 minutes. So Excellent. That is Mm. great. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So, yeah, that's sort of what's been happening. Yeah, nothing else. Hmm. <laughs> Good. Mm. It, has, it just flies by, doesn't it? It's like mm. really flies by. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Because we were going to only have a week break and now it's two weeks because it, <laughs> it just disappears. It just goes so quick, doesn't it? It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It does. The interview that we're sharing this week is with Jane Vandermeer. She is really intuitive and she describes herself as a gentle, innovative thought leader. She's had a career in the fashion industry, both working for others and working for herself. She's been a designer, a tailor, a pattern maker, a quality control, a buyer. She's been in wholesale and retail. She's been a lecturer a business owner, of course. She's won a number of awards and she's also created some products around natural deodorants. So she certainly focused on conscious consuming and she's recently won an international award for her deodorant. So let's dive in. Jane, welcome to the IQ Meets EQ podcast. How are you? So lovely to be here. Thank you for the gorgeous invitation. I'm thrilled. Yes. No, I'm thrilled to have you as well. And because we've just made some deeper connections as well about commonalities, it just makes me so excited. You know, there's usually only one or two degrees of separation. So yes, yes we have more than that, which is really lovely. <laughs> yes. So before we jump into your story too much, I want to go back sort of to the beginning. Yeah. When you were growing up in regional Victoria, what were yeah. your dreams? What did you want to be? What do I want to be when I grew up? I wanted to travel and I wanted ex- exotic, interesting culture and architecture and art, and, but most of all I wanted fashion. So I knew it was never a decision. I just knew in my bones I wanted to be in fashion. I wasn't 100% sure what that was. Back when I was young, fashion designer was almost the only option unless you wanted to go the retail angle. But I, I started sewing and making my own garments from about the age of nine. So, and I just loved it. So, and you know, to this day, I still love it. It has never left, actually. It's taken different ebbs and flows, so to speak, but it's still there. Yeah. Oh, well, that's wonderful. It has so much creativity in it as well. And also mm-hmm. that it, mm-hmm. you were so certain about yeah yeah Mm. I feel very very lucky very blessed that I was certain because Mm. I know it's really hard there's a lot of pressure isn't there to try and nut out what as you get through secondary school what you're going to do when you finish up or go to university or not go to university whichever way you go but it is hard if you don't know yeah Mm. well coming back to that as well like as a regional student yeah I feel like there was sort of some lower expectations as well about whether you went off to uni or not. And for girls as well, I felt like it was still like you sort of get funneled into allied health mm-hmm. or teaching and they like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that is so spot on. Mm. I went to a, quite an academic school so we had some creative subjects, which, of course, I loved, you know, mm. I just because, you know, academia, we, we need the other side. We, I think we do to be a balanced person. But even, even like one example is even just resources and art shops, for instance, when I was growing up in, in the town where I grew up in, we didn't have fancy 
options. You have whatever what Target or Kmart had, but I remember the first time I went into Eckersley's, which is a particular, you know, what sort of it's an art supply store in Melbourne. I just could have burst into tears because there were just so many options that I didn't even know existed. I suppose the flip side is, is it makes you creative and resourceful because you, you don't really know that there's other things. And this was life before the internet, I might add. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So fashion design is sort of the inroads then into the fashion industry with you. Yeah. So yeah. how did that look? Like leaving school, what did you have to do and what did you pursue to get there? Yeah, great question. So now there's a lot of fashion design courses and you know fashion business and lots of sort of streams back then there was there were a couple of courses but one was the best which was RMIT and that's what I wanted so I I actually worked on back then it it might still be the case I'm not sure you had a folio and an interview process to get in it wasn't just based on a score which is good as a creative industry And so I worked on that folio for two years. So year 11 and year 12, every subject and project I did at school, in my mind, was with the end goal in mind. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was was my dream. It was my dream. It wasn't, wasn't really a plan B, in all honesty, yeah. Well, the dream comes true, though. Yes, it does. (laughs) (laughs) It does. (laughs) And, look, I am super, super lucky that I have parents that are very supportive. My mum, oh, she is my biggest cheerleader and, you know, drove me down for the interview and, you know, you can do it, darling, when, when it's pretty intimidating and there's only a few spots and there's lots and lots, you know, there's the best of every school there and you're suddenly a very small fry. So, yeah, yeah. So your study, mm. did it refine down to interest to what you were really keen on? It, and it, Yeah. Yep. It probably confirmed it. So when, actually I was telling someone this week, so I did my Deb, which is a very country thing, when you're 16, I think. And so I actually started my first business when I was 16, making gowns for me and, you know, half my class. And they they were paid jobs. And I loved it, loved it. And so going to university confirmed my love of, more formal, higher end, better fabrics. You know, day wear to me is really, it's all right, but evening and special is far more exciting. Yeah. So it, it refined that and it also finessed my skills. All the, all the, I'm very self-taught and university, you know, filled in the holes for me that I didn't know and which we all need, yeah. So then where did it take you? Because I've got all these images of, you know, (laughs) travelling to Europe and runways and all sorts of stuff. Is that what your life has been? (laughs) More or less, more or less. So when I was that age, you know, when you have these big dreams and you're, in my case, young, slightly naive from the country, very unassertive, it all seems enormously unachievable truly I I started my first business on my my first full-time business the second I finished university so I was 21 I also worked for someone else full-time so I most of my 20s I were I always had a full-time job and a part-time job I was very driven very 
naive, which made me quite brave. Like looking back, it was sort of great. I didn't really know all the pitfalls of life. So I just gave everything a go. And and that's not such a bad thing. You know, as we get older, we can be a bit nervous and a bit tentative to do things, whereas back then, yeah. And so I, I, I learned, I got to meet amazing designers I'd always admired, some Melbourne designers. I worked for a number of them, but my heart was running my own business and that's what I did. And I also realised within that that I had a bit of a, a knack to teach and share knowledge. And so I would run seminars and run workshops to teach corporate women about what would suit them. And I would stand up and and it was very, very, not a sort of off the cuff, you know, and I'd, I'd do it in a very natural way. It was like Trini and Susanna before she was, you know, before they started those shows. And I'm not tough love. I'm really soft and gentle and kind because that's how I like to be treated. So I did that for a long time, yeah, for all of my 20s, actually, yeah. Wow. And Trini and Susanna without the phone booth mirror. (laughs) How terrifying. Oh, oh, look, and aren't we all conscious of some area? So I don't think we need to have that pointed out in a harsh way. I think, you know, I think my tactfulness is one of my, my assets, so... I think there's a way you can say things and 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 I my skill and my love and even to this day is doing that one-on-one with women where it's you know people are more likely to tell you the truth when it's you create a safe non-judgmental space yeah 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 so then I sold I turned 30 and I thought I'd run that business for till I drop off the perch I really really did and and I kept growing and evolving and changing. And, and I'm all about learning and personal growth and evolving because to me that's what life's about and that's what small business is about. So I made the decision to sell my business. I knew I had something clever to sell and so I did. And I had simply no clue what I was going to do. I took a few months off and then because I live life, I follow, I call it, I follow the whispers of life. And even to this day, that's what I call it, where, you know, where we get, we get little guidance in life. And we, in the same way, we get red flags for things that aren't quite right. And back then, you know, you, I would override the red flags. We all perhaps did, you know, meet some dashing, ter- terribly handsome creature who says all the right things and all the red flags are screaming at you, but you still go on the date anyway, that kind of stuff. The same way with our career. And so I, I ended up following my next dream, which was to become a buyer. I thought that was simply fantastic. <laughs> and I did that for about 11 years, actually, and loved it and the, one of the first times I went to Paris and I was at so if you imagine Jeff Shed in Melbourne like the whole thing it was about six or eight times that size and I remember I took the and I was over there on my own actually and I got out of the train and you know it's something I dreamt about my whole life and I I stood in front of, of this expo and just burst into tears with the excitement and the yeah the fact (laughs) I was there and oh it was just amazing it was just amazing yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so that was very cool very very cool I'm very grateful I've had that opportunity to do yeah to fulfill that dream yeah it was super 
you know, it was a big thing. You know, you'd be up. My dad used to say, oh, darling, you've got such a cruisy job. I'm like, yeah. You know, you're up at four to catch planes and then you're charming all day and sometimes you have dinners at night and it's a lot of talking. It's a lot of responsibility, a lot of, you know, big budgets and things. And, yeah, so it was amazing but a big thing, yeah. I mean, how much of your responsibility as a buyer is is also setting trends mm. rather than following mm. as mm. well? Mm. So this all comes back to emotional intelligence. That To me, that is why I think I was a good buyer always for mm. all that time. So I, how I would buy is wholly and solely instinct, which is, So if you imagine, like, say when I went to Shanghai, I used to fly all night, go to the hotel, have a shower and go straight to the showings all day. It's a trillion percent humidity. I'm like, I struggle in the humidity. There's people everywhere, there's noise. It's it's hard to block it all out. I mean, this is what you have to do, block it all out and, and focus. And I used to buy with people in mind, my key customers who, who I, I'm, I've built my whole career and life about relationships. To me, that's, to me, that's what's really important. To me, that is also emotional intelligence. That is, that is sitting in our female power, sitting in female. That's something females are so good at is building relationships, not just making blanket statements I would buy specifically for different fashion designers that I knew really well. And so, yes, you're buying what I see as the trends and the the whatever's coming up, but I'm also buying specific for people I'd built relationships with and and that was a big part of the key, which was a bit of a different way to do it actually, but it, it did work really well. Yeah, well, as you say, like you had longevity in it, that's for sure, and very yeah. successful. Yeah. And so those special elements are obviously the way you approached it. Mm. And mm. also interesting how you mentioned that, you know, how to make your brain work even under all those circumstances. Mm. Mm. The tiredness, the mm. noise, everyone else's opinions, but still yeah being really sure and trusting yourself. I mean, a lot of this is about trust because even follow the whispers is actually trusting that the whispers, that you even heard them and you didn't imagine it and yeah. that you should trust and follow it. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, now, years later, I have different tools to keep me in a space so I can, the whispers are so loud now. Mm-hmm. The whispers dictate my life. But back then, life was a bit different. Like even standing there in Shanghai, you know, I hadn't had, you need a lot of water. You need to keep hydrated. When you're dehydrated, it's hard to hear, hear the whispers. You need to be having enough food, like the basics, have enough food. I'd flown all night, so not enough sleep. And too many people, and as a sensitive person, it's just too many people in my personal space (laughs) all wanting your focus and attention. And it is, it's blocking all that out and trying to stay zen (laughs) amongst it all, which, yeah, it's practice, I think, that one. Yeah, yeah, but probably comes more naturally to some than others. So I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Own it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I... So one thing that I, when I think back to being younger and even in this time is I remember different people. So the fashion industry, obviously, it's all about the aesthetic. It's all about the outside and and that's great and fine. 
But I always knew that there was so much more to life. But I kept my inner learnings and knowledge and my empathetic skills and my intuitive skills and all those other things, I kept them very separated from my my fashion worlds because I knew too that the two worlds didn't truly understand each other and it's only as I have got older I have truly embraced bringing those two together and that's what finesse business and style is all about as well so I have two businesses now which but that is what that is about and listening to the whispers and trusting that you know back then I used to in such a derogatory way I can't tell you how many people would say oh you're so sensitive oh you're so you know like it's a negative so you start to think it is so you hide that part of yourself just to cope in life because you know traditional business didn't it's changing now but it didn't have time space or respect for sensitivity and empathy and intuition and guts gut-based decisions and yet at a certain point in my life I've realized that's my superpower but it took a while took a while to to actually embrace it and embrace it loudly yeah and I mean protecting that element of yourself Mm. Not everyone deserves to no. have that part of you anyway. So you mm. do have to be a little bit discerning, don't you? But at the same time, it is interesting how quickly people can be so judgmental. Mm. Mm. A little bit sad, but it, it's a rude shock, isn't it? And mm. and I love that you use the word discerning. Dis- discernment mm. or discerning is my word this year. Oh. And constant reminders of being discerning about our time, our energy, yep. people. Yeah, because you're right, not everyone should mm. be privy. Have all of you. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So as you said, you've now got two businesses. So back in business for yourself again. Yeah. And one of them's called Intuitive Whispers. And so yeah. that I mean that just it follows through so well yeah, with what does. you've been saying. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. So At a certain point in my life, after being, like many of us, working a trillion hours a day, you know, I've had big jobs and and I've loved every minute of it, it comes at a price to your health. So at a certain point, I got very, very sick. I got adrenal fatigue. I've also had a number of breast lumps over the years. At at its biggest, they were about the size of a walnut, but multiple, multiple times in my life. And I knew I needed some time out, which was a pretty big thing to do. Scary. Pretty scary, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I dipped out for a little while and I put my phone on silent for about four months. I just thought I need out and it was not not the intention for that amount of time, but that's what that's. I just started to really honour what I needed. And I designed a deodorant called the Breast Care Deodorant and that was for myself and my sisters and a couple of friends and mum because I knew I I needed to look into health and wellness and spirituality and, you know, start to read the ingredients and looking at, at health as a holistic angle. And so this little deodorant, because I've got a stronghold cell background, before a very 
before long I was wholesaling it around the country and retailing it and and one of the stores I stopped said would you do perfumes and I said yes I love perfumes so I've designed you know all the aesthetics which of course I love and make perfumes are part of the brand now and this little deodorant has won lots and lots and lots of awards which I'm super proud of and then about this time last year I was contacted by a company in London who said we have been watching you and we've nominated you for luxury artisan perfume brand of the year and I thought it was spam and I took no notice of it at all because it sounded pretty fantastic and then about three weeks later I thought maybe I should have a look at that. And so I stalked the lady on LinkedIn and actually it all checked out and it was true. And so off the back of that, British Vogue picked us up and featured breast care deodorant for three months in a row last year. So that was amazing. But the whole idea behind the whole brand is listening to the whispers of your intuition, like what we've talked about instead of blocking them out. Yeah. Mm. Um, Here's an interesting question that just came to me. Yes. How much do you think in terms of, you know, because because your brand is all natural, yeah. you know, if we're slathering ourselves with all this stuff that's petroleum-based mm-hmm. or other mm-hmm. bits and pieces, do you think mm-hmm. that that also not only obviously we're absorbing it, mm. but does it also make a blockage barrier as well potentially? Mm, I think so. I think so. I also think it really affects our mental, Mm. our cognitive Mm -hmm. function. I do. How I'd describe that is when you eat fast food and you know it's full of preservatives, how, you know, I'd encourage our listeners to check in, bring it back to how does it make you feel? And then how do you feel when you have something that's, you know, a clean meal? And then how do you feel? Or a fizzy drink versus water, you know, filtered water. How, what that does to our body. And then the flow on from that is what does that do to your mind? You know, it's, it's interesting. I was talking to a friend last year, you know, during lockdown. Anyway, she was super flat. And I said, oh, you know, tell me what you've been doing. And she said she'd been watching all these um, crime mafia stories on Netflix. And I said, oh, okay, and I'm trying to keep a poker face. And I said, oh, okay. I said, so can you see that now you're really flat? I said, what about if you mix it in there with some uplifting bit bit of fluff or a bit of high vibration, you know, decisions? Now, whether she did or not, I don't know. And I, I didn't want it to be preachy, but I just wanted to point out we've got to be really discerning what we put in our bodies, whether it's products, but also what we're letting in. These, these bodies we've been given, we have to be like a fierce mama bear about our bodies. So there's a lot. We live in this age of information overload. So we must be discerning what we, because it, it stays in there, you know, if you watch terrible things, it, it just, that's what keeps us up at night. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm with you there, definitely. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'd started my journey as well. People who've been listening for a while will know that I sort of detox my bathroom 
yeah. particularly sanitary products as yeah. well. Oh, yes. Yeah, because yeah. it's not even hospital grade, is it? It's just who knows what bleach and whatever all over oh. that stuff. Oh. And, yes. yeah, just horrible stuff. And I've had one breast lump so far and that was enough of a shock for me to go, okay, mm. no more underwire bras mm-hmm. and just to be a little bit more aware mm-hmm. and to try and find something mm. that's not so chemical laden and so absolutely even you know going through and testing and finding all those things can be a bit yeah. of a process but oh, yeah it is it is yeah. a process that's right and there's not you know life is holistic there's not a once one mm-hmm. answer for all of us mm-hmm. you know yeah. we're all different we're all unique and that's what's fantastic about us all <laughs> you know and and so say with my styling I call myself a holistic soulful stylist because my view is very holistic that is it's capturing and understanding and when we understand ourselves more that is how that encourages us to flourish you know the word empowerment is so overused at the moment but how can we be empowered if we're all put in a box and we're all encouraged to be you know a certain way yeah Mm -hmm. and so that's part of what I teach is like, okay, well, what? let's go through some, some fundamental principles and then find bring together the elements that are solely unique to your special makeup that is just you and that's how you fly. And there is nothing better than when I see a woman who the inside marries the outside. So all these years of me having two businesses, one's about the inside, one's about the outside, it's bringing it together and that is what, yeah, yeah. cover all of it now. That's it, that's it. And, you know, even as much as if I bring it back to me, even 10 years ago I looked a lot older than I do now, which is interesting. And so part of that is knowing myself more and not, not trying to, morph into what I you know the old should be and and that's a bit of a process that's not an overnight success it's like emotional intelligence it 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 is it's not just like you read a book or do a course and you've got it it is it it's a continual learning and so I think the more that we learn the more that we practice it and we we don't get it first go it takes time it takes you know it's like a muscle you've got to practice Mm. yeah and find your own way because someone else's way Mm. won't necessarily work the same so yes I love the idea of follow the whispers though that yeah yeah, I I tend to call them pings so the listeners will know that I've been talking about pings for a little while okay yeah Yeah. and the pings drop in or they just pop up and they're gone almost as fast as they come and so you have to capture them because they're relevant. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I think when life is, because we live in this this stage of information overload, those pings or whispers or whatever you choose to call them, they're often very subtle. So if if we live in a life that has every minute filled Mm. and our diaries overfilled and when there's nothing on, we fill it, how do we create enough space to hear those things? Mm-hmm. So we somehow, and, you know, with, say, meditation, whatever form of meditation, like you, you can sit on the ground and, you know, cross-legged and you can do that. But so say for me, my sewing is often my med- It's very meditative. You're in that state or walking or 
whatever it is for you, you know, whatever form that is. Maybe it's cooking. Maybe it's baking beautiful cakes for people you love. But it's doing something meditative to create enough space in our lives to hear the pings. Mm. A great point. Mm. Sort of brings us to what I like to ask about with, you know, if you've got some rituals or check-ins that sort of help you, you know, stay true to who you are and and hear the whispers. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, I have a few. Boundaries are a big one. Boundaries (laughs) has been a big life lesson for me, but I think it is for a lot of women too. Mm. I think when we're caring, when we're empathetic, when we're good, most of us are good multitaskers, Mm. so we just tend to do that. We take care of everybody. Often that comes at a really big price. Yeah. So putting into place boundaries has been a really and and again, I would say it's work in progress. And you know, I'm I'm a lot better at it than X amount of year, you know time ago. So themselves boundaries. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, like say with social media and emails, feel into what you need to read and open. Don't have to do everything all the time. <laughs> Yes. Often I duck back out of socials. Often I'm very inconsistent for self-preservation. Yeah. yeah. Well, it comes back to your word for the year, discernment, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. It's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. And and I would also make sure that I do exercise every day mm-hmm. or, or almost every day, five to six <laughs> days a week, yeah. yeah, in whatever form that is because it creates space for brilliant ideas to happen yeah, yeah, I'm glad you said that because I'm the same. It's where my pings come usually. That's my form of mm-hmm. meditation is often running or walking. So yeah, yeah. although I do do some seated stuff as well, but that's oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty yeah. powerful. Mm. You've given us so much. What can we do for you? Where do you want us to go to learn more about you? Where can Aww. we get your deodorants and perfumes? Yes, direct us to... All the good places. (laughs) All the good places. Well, there's lots of places. So styling is called finessebusinessandstyle.com, this website. I'm on LinkedIn. These days I hang out there more so. Having said that, styling is on Facebook and Instagram under the same name. Intuitive Whispers is spelt as it sounds. Intuitivewhispers.com.au is the website. And that is the natural deodorants and perfume oils and again that's on instagram facebook yeah those two places and the website yeah easy to find all the things that's wonderful Mm -hmm. great so wonderful really to have this conversation and i knew that we were you know going to go fairly deep but that was awesome (laughs) thank you so much for sharing and being so generous thank you for having me it was such a delight and i love your message i love what you're doing for women and because we all we can all take away something all the time what mm. doesn't matter how old we are what stage in our learning we are so yeah thank you she's great i would love her career <laughs> you know when you always ask that question what do you want to be when you grow up i'm like oh my god i always wanted to be like in this type of career it was either there so it was going to be interior design there was sort of my two creative careers and the bit that she made me laugh was when she walked into Eckersley and like cried because she saw all of that product. I remember that in the UK because 
we only had these tiny little stores like locally where we lived and I used to do mm. lots of art and my mom took me in the city one day and that was the Eccles equivalent and I was like what the hell like mm. how does this stuff even exist for us to purchase it was like <laughs> and it just took me back to that moment like 35 years ago it was really cool yeah. yeah, that was a gorgeous moment. And yes, I mean, her career sounds like, you know, one of these rom-com movies where you watch and she's the hero of the... Yeah, <laughs> yep, yeah. no, I think it's great. And mm-hmm. I was really impressed with how, you know, she was saying, you know, in there that with that first business that she created, that she ended up selling it actually. Mm-hmm. And it was because she knew that she, I guess she'd created an asset that really solved a problem. And it sort of made me also wonder that, you know, that whole sliding doors moment of what would it have been if she hadn't sold it and Hmm. where it's gone versus where it went. But Mm -hmm. I think that's a really smart thing as well at that moment in time to go, wow, I've actually created something that couldn't be sold. And then you're almost jumping into the what next unknown. Yeah. The thing that really struck me throughout the whole interview with Jane was about her ability to to trust and she keeps she kept saying follow the whispers so she has been really connected and I mean you know looking back it looks linear but there were ups and downs and there must have been moments of huge doubt but you know I'm just really impressed that she seems to you know it seems in hindsight, to be quite effortless or flowy? I don't know. Yeah, it's like all the ducks have aligned Mm. or all the stars have aligned and she's got this seamless career. But, yeah, I think there would have been absolute moments, like I said, especially selling the business and then going Mm. into buying and, you know, going all to these international shows and, you know, Mm -hmm. you probably don't know what what is next for you, but you just go with it, don't you, at times? Mm. Well, we've had quite a few guests like that, haven't we, where we've spoken about their careers and their journeys and we're like, God, you couldn't have planned that. Like you could not have planned a career that went in that direction the way that it did. We have. I think the way that it does that is because exactly what she said is you listen to the whispers, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas if you sometimes try and sit and map it out, you're not even going to be able to logically think that process but if you just sort of go around I'm just going to follow that whisper and it's taking me here and it reminds me of mine as well like you know leaving law to Mm -hmm. go into HR to now go into EQ it was literally whispers it wasn't I didn't sit down and go oh I'm gonna go law HR EQ like that was not even a thing (laughs) you know (laughs) so Mm -hmm. I think it's grave to be able to listen to that intuition and move with it. Mm. As you were talking I was thinking If you just follow the whispers, do you also have like an ultimate destination where you're headed and you're just not planning the way there? Or are you literally just going, someone has a plan for me, I won't plan for myself? That's me. So I'll have a short-term plan of wherever I am at the moment, what I want to achieve within that space. Mm. You know, I followed the whisper to do Vedic meditation and then to book into teacher training. Like that, that was never... Mm-hmm. no way like planned like I won't even know what that thing was like 12 mm-hmm. eight months ago mm-hmm. and that's definitely it's not even a whisper it's a massive massive voice but yeah I don't think you can have an end goal because I think we all also the other things if you have an end goal and you're mapping it out then you're sort of dulling the whispers or you're telling your intuition oh no you can't tell me that because it's not part of my plan mm. So I think short term, like whatever stage of life you're in, you know, obviously have goals for your EQ business, have goals for, you know, TBA or in your business. But in terms of what's next afterwards, I think we should totally be open. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. And don't you feel though, I'm sure you have felt this, that when you have listened to whispers, somehow or another, you feel supported, whether that's through a higher power or your higher self or the universe, whatever that looks like, there is support somehow or another that it almost rewards you for listening to that whisper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. When you have an instant, because it's less of a whisper to me and it's more of a like a light bulb and it's instant and you just have to either write it down because you'll forget it or do it straight away because the light bulb goes on for me and then off and I usually don't get it again. So that's why it's easy to doubt it because you're like, well, if I really should be following this, it should be, I should be reminded, it should be constant, it should be something that I'm really being called to do. But no, it's more like a a flash. Mm. And maybe that's just testing your awareness, right? Mm -hmm. Mm. Are you actually aware enough to notice that? And have you slowed down enough, Mm -hmm. you know, your day to sort of go, oh, there was that flash of a moment. And maybe it is longer, but because you're so busy, it goes quickly. You know, they say that with some of those whispers, you do have to slow down and go, right, I'm actually going to pay attention to it. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it brings me back to thinking about the interview we had with Joanna because she had been talking about the pings and the things that come up. And she did say that, you know, we have evolved in this faster world that your intuition does, you know, do quite instant and quick. But, yeah, it's not like in meditation these things are coming up for me either. Like it usually doesn't happen when I'm sitting. So, I, you know, like I said, I have extended the time that I'm meditating and maybe that is clearing out more stress to allow more of these things. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Mm. The other thing that Jane spoke about was discernment as well. And I think that was very much around both when she was buying for others, because she was very much a trendsetter. She was using her intuition with that, but also discernment about people. Mm. Yeah. And she really leveraged the EQ in that as well, didn't she? Because you can tell that she prides her career on the relationships that she's built. And it's that, you know, that relationship building aspect's really important to her. And I love that, that, you know, she buys with people in mind, right? So Mm. that was pretty cool as well. But how awesome to be paid to buy for things, like to buy things, like dream job, right? (laughs) I don't know, for some, I certainly wouldn't want to be responsible for filling stores with stuff because I'd just be like, well, I only like one thing. Yeah, it really challenges you though, doesn't it? If you're mm. not that plain to go, you know what, what do I want? But yeah, I think she's right though. Like I think there is a combination of trend setting, but also, you know, following that intuition that she's got about, you know, what people are going to genuinely want to buy irrespective of whether it's in trend or not. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's it. To be ahead of the trend, to see what's coming. And I mean, if you're in that industry, I imagine you'd constantly be thinking about what's coming as well. So it wouldn't be like either of us just blindly going, oh, we've now got a buyer's job. What are we? <laughs> so, it, yeah, it's all skill that she's built up, obviously, just like we have over time <laughs> in our <laughs> industries. Wouldn't it be really cool if, you know, you get those like switching moments, like whatever that movie was, we have someone else's job for the day. Like that would be pretty epic just to go, right, I wonder what Jane would buy versus what you and I would buy if we just had a day of like doing that job. If it'd be all the things that we like, or would it actually genuinely 
<laughs> Poor Jane would get back the next day and have to undo all the, the things we'd yeah. bought. <laughs> It'd be fun. Mm, mm. But the other reason why I really wanted to talk to Jane in the first place was because she had created these deodorants and yes. I thought that, that was fascinating. I got two. Yeah. I got the, the breast care one and I got the one for that she does for young women as well. And they are beautiful, absolutely gorgeous scents. And I said to her, because they're not an antiperspirant, they're just a, a deodorant. So you still feel quite wet under your arms. And so that was something to get my head around, but they're, they're absolutely beautiful. But I think the, because I've been moving more and more away from chemicals in the bathroom, you know, deodorant was one of the last ones that I'd been struggling with. I've tried a few and none of them work all day. Mm. And none of the natural ones tend to be antiperspirants either, which is what I had to get my head around. Hers last all day. But like I said, you do feel a bit wet. Mm. How, how did you found that? You just have to get used to it, I guess. You do. Yeah, I don't know. I feel a bit like oh, it would just be, a, it'd be weird initially, wouldn't it, just to get through that and get used to it. Yeah, it is. But you're right. It's hard. Like I tried the crystal ones and they did nothing. They didn't work. No. Mm. Have you tried the crystals, crystal ones? And I've tried, I tried one by Sukin as well, you know, a fairly major brand. Yeah. Like it was citrusy and it smelled lovely when you put it on, but it lasted about two hours and that was it. So I just thought that what a lovely concept, you know, she's, there's lots of women who've struggled with breast cancer and yeah, we don't know what a lot of the chemicals we put on our body are doing to us, particularly in that sensitive area. And I'd moved away also from underwire bras quite a while ago as well because mm-hmm. that can also block up the lymph there and I don't know if it tends towards cancer or not. But, you know, just by looking after yourself and I suppose sort of being a bit more conscious because I always say I want to live to 120. So, <laughs> yeah, that's great. No, it's really good that you've got that, you know, going on and making an effort and Mm. it's really good Mm. Mm. yeah I think at the end of the the interview she was also talking about you know some really crucial habits that she has about boundaries and about she certainly talked about bringing it back around to discernment of people again and not allowing people into her life that drained her energy really conscious of that and also she talked both about being present and bringing your whole self which I suppose go hand in hand, but they're also not necessarily mutually exclusive. So being present is something I'm certainly trying much more sort of to be open eye meditation throughout the day to try and keep some sense of that inner um, connection without just spiralling off into anxiety. But bringing my whole self is still something that I struggle with. Mm, Why is that? Because I sort of can't compartmentalize different parts of my life. And I'm just like, well, this part of my life doesn't deserve to know about this special part of my life, you know? So, and I'm 
sort of thinking back to Kate's interview, which was the last one, you know, she compartmentalised her life and then didn't tell her advisors what her plans were and then there was a big impact. So I can Mm. see the downside of it. But it's, you know, it's like I compartmentalise my exercising self, my spiritual self, my recreational self. IQ self at work. Yes, that's right. I... It's more like I compartmentalise off those other things and just leave my work self. That's all that's left because I've sort of put the other things behind. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I think I used to do that. I think, I think I'm a little bit better than I was at bringing my whole self because I guess for me, to be honest, my spiritual side and my EQ side can blend quite well. Mm. Now I've started doing, you know, yoga and meditation. That's I can fit in as well. So I think it's a little bit easier for me in that sense, but I get it. I think when there's so many different facets of you, mm. it is hard to bring your whole self at the best of times. Mm. And sometimes we're focused on one area, aren't we, or one side of ourselves more than the other. Mm. Yeah. So that's one at that moment in time. Mm. Mm. And it is a little bit of discernment in that way as well because I I don't think that many of the people that I deal with on a day-to-day basis deserve the whole of me. Does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yes, it does. Mm. But then I think, you know what? You are who you are and people should be able to see that, all of you. Yeah. And it's part of that, not, you know, us not wanting to shine too bright as well. Yes, there is that. Mm -hmm. Of Oh, if I just like hide or, you know, don't show a couple of sides, then you know what? I'm I'm dimmed a little bit and I don't know all of me part of that isn't there as well (laughs) yeah there is there is a bit of a catch-22 all these things that we work through Mm. (laughs) Mm. yeah but I found Jane's energy just so amazing and I love that conversation so I do suggest that people look her up particularly those deodorants because like I said they they actually work all day even though you feel like I said a little bit wet so, you know, just flap your arms every now and then and just like <laughs> tap it out and air them out. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important to look after ourselves. So, <laughs> of you between meetings in your office, flapping your arms. Yep. <laughs> or your client comes in. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing these. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> So we'll post this onto LinkedIn. We'd love to hear your comments. We also post it at iqmeetseq.com.au, but we'd love to hear from you directly. If you feel like you would like to continue the conversation, where can they find you, Ush? Yeah, I'm at eq.academy and the email is ush at ushdanet.com. Wonderful. And the best one for me is jackie at legallywisewomen.com.au. There we are. Anything in particular you're up to in the next two weeks, Ush? What am I doing in the next? few weeks no just more of the same actually and yeah. just focus on not missing a day of rounding and yes. Gia and I are doing yoga we've been into it for five weeks now so just keeping that up on the weekends that's so, good yeah. I love you doing that with her that's lovely yeah it's really nice it's nice to do mm. it together mm. so next time I speak to you you'll be up around 20 days or so of your yes. challenge so, <laughs> I know it's how I am without the coffee <laughs> now the first couple of weeks will be the hardest you're in the hard bit yeah i know it is hard it's really hard mm. but challenge all right well well done good luck talk to you thank soon thank you take care <laughs> <laughs>